wanna get high, man. Let's stimulate your mind. Get up, Chucky! What have we got here? Fucking comedian. <laughs> Rojan Kim. Hello, and welcome to the Rojan Kim cast. It's me, Rojan Kim. Thank you so much for joining me for episode 197. This Wednesday, September 16th. One day I'll get through the date without stumbling. September 16th, 2020. Okay, does that matter? I don't know. I don't know why it matters. I feel like a lot of people aren't actually listening to this when it comes out. I mean, some people do, and I appreciate it. Okay, I appreciate my regular listeners out there. You know who I'm talking about. Big dogs. The fucking dogs. Uh, The bros have been there um, since the beginning even. Fucking since the New York days. I appreciate my listeners. Um, And I'm sure they appreciate... Uh, whatever this rambling mess is right now. What am I talking about today? Hello! Uh, you know, I wanted to talk about... I talk about a lot of politics. I talk about a lot of news. I talk about a lot of random stuff. You know, I, that has been a criticism of this podcast that it's a, a seeming meandering mess, which I think is a good reflection of my internal state. You know? Um, I don't mean for this to be like therapy, or you got to listen. Trust me, it's not because I've been through a lot of it, okay? I've been through years of therapy and analysis, and that's actually what led me to um, realize that, like, oh, I can't share all this to pe- with people. That's I actually like people. I don't want to fucking, you know what I mean? Like, you can't, that's what you pay a whore for or a therapist. Like, that's why you pay them. You give them the money, and then they take it. Okay, they take it because it's a service industry. You serve me. You take the darkness from inside me, and now you deal with it. Um, but that's not what this is. I don't want to. I would never want to inflict that on you. It's irresponsible because any fucking person can do it. Actually, that's what all of social media is now. Uh, so I guess why do I? Why do I have to exercise any kind of standards? The, now you just take your phone and you just start rambling into it about God knows what the fuck and just go on and on and put it up to everybody. And I mean that is what I'm doing now. But I am somehow thinking that like. This is somewhat better than that, or at least that is kind of like, um, sometimes it's kind of like just watching a car accident where you're like, oh my God, look at this train wreck of a person. What are they saying? Like, what? Oh my God. They, you know, and then you realize people have thoughts, like not everybody should be allowed to express themselves. How about that? <laughs> is that, is that, uh, that's very anti-freedom, I guess, or anti, I'm not saying they shouldn't be allowed. I mean, you can, all right. When I say allowed, I don't mean like there's going to be some kind of Gestapo stopping you from expressing yourself. I'm just saying like maybe not everybody should be allowed to use a computer to broadcast their personal opinions to 7 billion people at once. Maybe that's, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, or maybe what, you know what? Maybe they should. I don't know. Maybe there's that. Maybe it's all or nothing, right? It's all or nothing. You can't really, who, am I going to be the one to judge who's, like worthy of being online or not? No, I can't. You know, I can't be the one. So who can? You know what? Never mind. All right, freedom. That's what I'm all about. Freedom. And what better way to be free than to be rich, huh? In this country, <laughs> that's the price. That's the cost of freedom. You know, the cost of admission. The fucking. But once you get in there, you can do anything. I just watched a, a video of Kanye pissing on his Grammy. Okay. Just threw his Grammy in the toilet and just pissing on it. And that's, you can do that if you're rich. You think if you're poor, you could do that? Like if you were just some poor person who happened to win a Grammy and you just like, fuck the Grammys and you took a 
piss on it and took a pit, you'd that you'd be get out of that unscathed. I mean, even now the industry is probably they're gonna you know well they're obviously gonna call him they're gonna call the guy crazy and he does seem kind of crazy for throwing his Grammy in the um, toilet and pissing on it. But I think also, hey, it's that's that's his right and his right is that's. First of all, being a rich guy, that's just he can just do that. Nobody cares. That will actually generate more income for for him than anybody than this ever will. I mean, this podcast is not going to be monetized, but he'll monetize that clip of him pissing on a Grammy. That's already netted him a hundred grand at least, just from the clicks, just from the clicks. Now think of the outrage machine taking all you know, taking his video, making it even more viral, putting it all everywhere. Everybody talking about, oh, I pissed on it, and this thing is going to be compounding and compounding. Is going to be worth millions. A simple 30-second clip of Kanye West pissing on his Grammy is going to have a higher net worth than almost everybody I know in my life. I mean, I don't know a lot of... I know a couple. I know a couple rich guys, a couple millionaires, and they're not, like, all bad, you know? Um, but uh, I don't I don't even know if they could get away with it. I mean, they don't have the billions, like, yay, right? They don't got that Yeezy money. You need Yeezy money to be, just piss on Grammys, you know what I'm saying? Can't just, I don't know. I'm also seeing like, um, actually, it's very interesting. I'm seeing a lot of, um, I guess it would be like older black men now. I mean, like, I'm just I'm talking about like Kanye West and Ice Cube, but they are middle-aged black guys. Old rap stars, rap stars, now middle-aged black guys are getting really into like monetary theory and finance, <laughs> politics and stuff. It's very interesting. It's, very, it's like, man, you can't escape middle age. No matter what, how cool you think you are or whatever, like it's coming. It's coming. I'm, I'm in it. I'm here. And I'm like, me too. I'm thinking about money and politics. <laughs> well, I've always thought about politics, but I've never thought about money. Like, I fucking hated money, you know? And, um, I mean, I know, like, Ice Cube didn't hate money. Clearly, he, he loves money. Uh, he likes being rich. He also loves that fucking whatever that are we there yet money. You know what I mean? He knows that kids, Disney kids movie money, too. Uh, it's not like he's been shy about making money. Um, but now Ice Cube is doing a lot of tweets that are kind of like libertarian leaning. Very interesting. Uh, Austrian economics. <laughs> like I think he's like listening to Ron Paul or something because he's talking about monetary theory uh, <laughs> or like uh, MMT as they call it, modern monetary theory and why you know it's bad and stuff. And it's um, you know I guess hey, if the Cube knows what he's talking about, you know then I'm sure. The rest of America will follow soon enough, right? We're like, dude, Ice Cube's right. We gotta control the yield curve. We gotta put in some deflationary efforts in order to stop inflation. Or I don't know. I don't really. Look, I'm not a fucking expert on any of this shit. Like, like I said, I, I wanted nothing to do with money growing up. I want nothing to do with it. I don't even give a fuck about it. I mean, of course, just like everything else, just like Freud said, you know, everything is related. To your parents, of course, and I didn't have a mom, so for me, it's my dad. My dad uh, was just obsessed with money. He grew up, we, you know, I grew up in the '80s, so it's very, you know, that Reagan sort of obsession with the stock market, the real estate market, all these markets, 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 markets. You know, it's where Trump comes out of. You know, my dad's like almost Trump's age. Like they're like they would have been buddies back then. He probably loved Trump back then. He probably was like, yeah, he probably, you know, he probably. Uh, because Trump was all about the American excess and making money. You know, and this is coming off the tail of, like, you know, Jimmy Carter, who was all like, we have to put um, solar panels on our solar. Is that Clinton? 
<laughs> I think I'm doing just We have to put solar panels on the White House, you know, and they put the solar panels on the White House, and then Reagan came and just ripped them off. <laughs> That's what a real Californian used to do, okay? Real Californians used to come in and rip off solar panels, right? Fuck it. Ripped off the solar panels of the White House and just said, it's the me generation, you know? It's like, it's me. It's about me now. Me, me, me. Cocaine stock market. Cocaine stock market. You know, that was the 80s. I push it to the limit. Limit. Remember that? That that was, I mean, a lot of you might not have been alive, but you might be just watching movies or watching whatever shows about it and shit like that, but that's it was fucking like that. It was like commies, the specter of commies. And then we got to fight the commies by being even more capitalist. And we're like, yeah. And it's like, tear down this world. And everybody's like, yeah. And just, you know, it was crazy. And it was all about like making money to stick it to the commies. That's people fucking really thought that after all this, you know, the seventies really got everybody down and everything. There was a lot of crime. It's kind of like the beginnings of now. It was like a lot of the cities were bankrupt, crimes everywhere. It's because, you know, that pesky Vietnam War we had, and everybody's really pissed off because of the war. And then Nixon was a crook. There was like, no faith in the government. And then, you know, Carter came in on a wave of people being like, Peanut Farmer. It was kind of an Obama esque kind of like, Peanut Farmer, he's a nice guy. We need a nice guy in there. And he was a nice guy. He came in, uh, put solar panels in, was like, We have to be nice. We have to be nice to the children. We have to build homes for humanity. You know, like, and it was a nice, genteel southern uh peanut farmer a farmer from georgia you know one of those accents it's not like a twangy he was like uh genteel carter was like southern genteel that genteel class even though he's a peanut farmer he still he had he, he spoke like this and he had a nice accent and he you know what i mean it wasn't like it was like fucking, clinton came in he was all fucking hillbilly you know what i'm saying clinton was a goddamn arkansas little rock white trash hillbilly all right I mean, that's like basically uh, the to them a black person to to the rich white people. He, Clinton was in that way the first quote unquote black president because I think he is basically one of the first uh, like poor white trash presidents, right? Like Kennedy was one of the first um, Irish Catholic presidents, and look how he got dealt with. You know, they got rid of him. Can't even be fucking Irish. You know what I mean? Irish and Catholic. They fucking kill you. That's not why they killed him. They killed him because he tried to dismantle the military industrial complex. <laughs> you know, and probably fucked all their wives. You know, that's that's probably the reason. You know, uh, and every single president since then has been in line, including nice man Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter, who was voted in on being nice and the solar panels and environmental. And let's think about getting off of fossil fuels and Earth Day and all that. That was Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter also had something called the Carter Doctrine. The Carter Doctrine, which is instrumental to all of our Middle East policy now. The Carter Doctrine said that anybody threatening U.S. hegemony in the Middle East is basically threatening U.S. national security. So that basically he just declared any shit goes down in the Middle East, we have a right to go there uh, and do war. You know, we have a right to uh, declare war. If any of our interests are threatened in the Middle East, because that is basically just like threatening us directly. Which is weird, and we all went with it, and I think we all went with it because of the oil thing, because there was an oil crisis at the time, right? There was an oil crisis, there were fucking gas, people lining up for gas in their cars, Is that you know, it was nuts. And so he was like, you know, this is, yeah, I'm the good guy who wants to put, uh, you know, solar panels on the White House, but I also want to put a permanent military presence in the Middle East, see? 
there you go. So, so none of them are good. None of the presidents are good. Reagan, of course, you know, expanded the war machine, expanded government spending. Come on, you know, Bush, uh, Bush Jr. fucking or Bush Sr. put us in Iraq the first time, right? Iraq, the guy, Iraq, which during the 80s, we had actually funded Saddam Hussein to fight the Iranians, the Iranians who we were pissed at because of the hostage crisis. But of course, the Reagan team managed to negotiate with the hostage takers and tell them, hey, don't release them till after the election <laughs> to make Carter look bad, you know, and make Reagan look awesome, right? And that's what happened. They did. That was all part of the Iran-Contra scam. There's also, then there's the money from that. They went to go fund some right-wing Contras that were actually death squads, and then the cocaine they took and brought that into America, where they funneled it into the inner cities, of course, starting the crack epidemic, and guess where one of the ports of entries were, besides, of course, everybody's uh, favorite one, Miami, right? That's where the movie Scarface sort of made everybody look at Miami and go like, ooh, this is where all the cocaine is, those dirty Cubans, Cuban Missile Crisis, JFK, right? But instead, they funneled the cocaine through... Arkansas, and guess who was governor at the time? Why Bill Clinton was governor at the time, and then they let the cocaine in, and they got all this money, and then Bill Clinton became the president in 10 years. Yeah, and that's how you do it, guys. That's how you become president of the United States, is you got to help funnel lots of cocaine into the inner city and create a crack epidemic, okay? Or you become a game show host. All right, you become a game show host and just fucking win a meme war, get out there and just fucking use the media against itself because the media is a bunch of retards. Um, I mean, now they are the media. If the media was savvy, if the media didn't capitulate to the war machine during 9-11 and were on top of their game, they could be so, they would be so scary right now. The media, imagine if the media was actually an independent force for truth and justice that everybody would hate them. Don't you understand? (laughs) Nobody would like the media. They would be poor. They would be uh, fucking unpopular. They'd be all like, they'd be all misanthropic. They'd be like, I hate people because they'd fucking find out truth. They'd be finding out truth. And then nobody would want to talk to me. Get out of here, you fucking journalist. Journalists would have been despised. They'd get the fuck out of here. But then people would like them like in a popular sense, kind of like, Trump, right? Like this idea that there's this, the supporters, they're evil. Watch out for them. So the people will start talking about like, watch out for those journalist supporters. They just want to know everything. They just want to know all our secrets. They just want to know, you know what I mean? They just, um, imagine if it was like that. I mean, wouldn't that be amazing? I don't know. I, I, I feel like that's the way it should be. Kind of like comedy. Comedy and journalism, hand in hand, you know, and strippers, okay? Should be despised. <laughs> they should be celebrated. They're not to be. These are people who belong in the dark, in the shadows, with the people. They're populists. All right, I probably sound like some crazed. Is he really alt right? Has Rogan gone alt right? That's what people. Is Rogan a Nazi now? I think Rogan is probably what people are saying. He's a Nazi. Rogan is a Nazi because he doesn't think Biden is going to save the world like Carter will. I don't know. Or tried to. I don't know. Is that? I feel like that's what Biden is kind of being pitched to us as is like the second coming of carter you know the nice guy the nice president yeah down home guy corn pop nice guy he didn't vote for the iraq war okay i mean he did but don't don't bring that up all right and he didn't vote for all these laws to incarcerate black men at high rates and call them fucking 
have all this race. There's a lot of racist stuff he said about it when like the busing and stuff. There's a lot. I mean, who? I mean, he's been in there forever. He's got so they've got so much tape on him. I just don't even understand why you'd even. But you, you know why it is. You know why why you would put up a candidate has such a terrible record on the war and the war on drugs uh, and all of that in China, because the powers that be on that side think we're fucking morons. That's pretty much what they think. I mean, as much as they're like, ah, oh, those Trump voters are morons. They're all morons, racist morons. That's actually what they think of the people on the other side. Okay, that they are there. They too are racist morons that we can manipulate <laughs> with our race memes and whatever. We could just they all feel Trump's bad, and we just tell them Trump something. Somebody did something, and that's under Trump's America, and now that's Trump. Yeah, that's all you have to do. Somebody, you know. Somebody murdered somebody and he was wearing a MAGA hat and Trump. So Trump has blood on his hands. Okay. That's what it is. Um, And I'm not saying like Trump is good. Trump is obviously a corrupt moron. You know, I mean, he's not that moronic. He won the presidency. I mean, you know, we got to give it to that guy. And he is pretty funny. I mean, (laughs) he's funny. (laughs) He's funny. Okay. That's well established by many comedians out there, by the man himself, the top performing comedian in the country. Okay, the only one doing fucking packed rooms, the only one still doing full hours, the only one who doesn't give a fuck about any of this social distancing stuff is like it's Trump. Trump's the only performing comic left. That's what you've done, America. You've made it so that the only real comedy left is the president. Okay, so what's the point? There's no point in doing comedy. Oh my god, this whole thing was supposed to be about money. <laughs> I was supposed to do this whole. Co- I was. I'm not gonna talk about politics. We talk about money. Then I ended up going on this rant about all the presidents and the fucking and Carter and Biden and cocaine. And, okay, and money, Ice Cube, modern monetary theory, inner cities, black people. Okay, back to my dad. <laughs> the 80s. <laughs> That's okay. I was just talking about how like I I didn't give a fuck about money. Clearly, even here, while I was supposed to talk about money, I didn't give a fuck, and I spiraled off into politics. I spiraled off into history, geopolitics, I don't, stuff I like. Stuff I like. St- I, things I didn't like was money. Of course, I understand how money moves all that stuff, and of course I understand that, but I think part of it is because my dad basically ignored me and paid attention to money, and so then I was just like, fuck money, right? Why is money so important? Money is not important. Maybe the relationship with your son is more important. <laughs> <laughs> what what good is money when you have no legacy we have no your own blood has no idea who you are what good is it but my dad told me what good it was it's plenty good because you could get yourself a chinese whore you get yourself a nice business you get yourself build a nice life up for yourself well the thing about my dad is that he didn't have money when i was under his care <laughs> like from the years of zero to 18 he didn't have any fucking money we lived in apartments uh, I didn't get a car. I did. I, I took out loans to go to college. I mean, there's not, you know, I. Uh, it wasn't like we were destitute and poor. Uh, I mean, did I have lunch tickets to subsidize my meals at school and go to public school? Yeah. And was I one of the poor kids at public school? Yeah. Did I have the nickname Roach because they saw cockroaches crawl out of my backpack once? Yeah. Okay. Those are all real things. All right. Because I was a poor kid. All right. And that's fine. But then I learned that I didn't give a fuck. I just learned to not care, okay? And it wasn't easy because my dad cared, society cared, girls cared. Everybody fucking cared about money, especially in LA, in this town. If you don't have a car, 
Like everybody's like, oh, taking the bus now, taking the bus. Fuck you. You know what taking the bus used to be like in the goddamn 90s? Okay? That was a fucking, I mean, it was like you were taking your life in your own hands every time. Okay? You were risking getting deported. Okay? At any moment, fucking, uh, it wasn't ice back then. It was La Migra, or I can't remember what it is. Whatever it was called. Back then, they came immigration. They fucking took INS, whatever. They took you away. Okay, they could take you away when the fucking loony bin could come and take you. I'm just kidding. They, they shut down all the loony bins. So the bus was filled with loonies. You can learn a lot about crazy people and maybe get stabbed. I've been yelled at, accosted by many men in the bus as a child, calling me all kinds of things. Slurs, slanders about my race, my sexuality, <laughs> my looks, everything. We do it all. Okay. And now everybody's like, oh, I take the bus. You know, I see white people with jobs taking the bus. What are you kidding me? Things have changed, all right? Um, but that's just, you know, you grow up here in L.A. You grow up, everything is image. Everything is money. Everything is who do you know or, what, you know, what are you wearing, whatever. Just a lot of bullshit. And I lived in the Valley in high school, which is basically basic L.A., a basic version. It's like a conformist suburban version of LA where people aspire to be like LA, like LA is seen as cosmopolitan and um, to reject that means to stay in the Valley and live a breeder life, I guess, you know, really sticking it to the man. That's what the fucking culture was here. And I had to leave. I had to escape. I ran away. I luckily got into Berkeley uh, up North and went away and then got indoctrinated and a lot of communism. And then I was like, you know, they gave me lots of free money and I was like, okay, I guess this is it. The state is taking care of me now. Money means nothing. Um, and then, you know, I, I do think that like eventually living in New York for 12 years, you know, you live, you realize, okay, money is important. Money money is not important. It's not the most important thing, but you need it. To be comfortable, it's nice to have chicks like it. Trust me, women, you know, they like money. Uh, not that to have it, but just being comfortable is not a bad thing. And there's a value I can learn. As a kid, as a 20-year-old, I didn't give a fuck about comfort. I just slept on the ground, and I didn't barely slept. I didn't care about anything. But as you get older, you get more domesticated, and you got to settle down. You get, nice things are nice, okay? It's not bad to have a nice, clean home not bad to have nice things around for things to smell nice right for things to when you look around not to be disgusting and things growing on dishes and whatever it's nice nice stuff you know women are the civilizing force of man right that's what they also say and they're also what drives them to murder i mean that's that's the, the two-sided coin <laughs> to that but anyways you know i came back to la after 20 years um, and I had no money. And at that point, my dad had actually made money. So that's the crazy thing is like my dad made all his money after I left home. You know, it was almost kind of like I was the albatross around his neck. You know, I was really holding him down. <laughs> I was really, I felt like I was really holding him back. And once I was out, you know, he could finally make the money he needed to support his own lifestyle. I don't know what that meant. Actually, that didn't happen. What happened was he met my, uh, latest stepmom or maybe second to latest not sure but stepmom who helped raise a ton of seed money to help them get a business and then they successfully worked at that business parlayed that to a second and then he made a bunch of money so a lot of it is really because of my stepmom of course he never acknowledged that he always said it was because of him which is hilarious because like it would always imply that like she had nothing to do with it he would always have these like long winded diatribes about how like see i built all the it was i think around the election too so romney 
was talking about like, I built this and I built, you know, so he was like, I built this, I built this house. I built this, you know, see that es- he drove an Escalade. <laughs> My dad drove an Escalade. <laughs> it's like a short little Asian guy. He was driving a giant Escalade, dude. There's no inferiority complex there, huh? And then he kind of forget, right? And he would tell me, like, I did all this. And that, you know, so, yeah, on one hand, that implies that, you know, my stepmom had nothing to do with it. But on the other hand, that also implies that I had everything to do with his failure before. <laughs> it's like, it's a good thing you left because, Jesus Christ, I would have killed you and me. You know, like, uh, we would have died starving. Um, but now he had tons of money. Cause he, I mean, okay, to be fair, uh, I got, did I get some of that money? Yeah, he helped me pay for school. Cause, well, he didn't help me pay for college, so I, he helped me pay for he helped me pay for grad school. So I got to give it to him for that. Okay, give it to him. Now, of course, that pales in comparison to the amount of money he sunk into his uh, the remodeling of his home. He sunk into his cars. He sunk into his whores. You know, he sunk. <laughs> my my stepmom found fucking credit card statements where he was doing like ten grand a night at the club, dude. Like fucking. So you know what? So whatever, okay, which would have been like, I don't know, half a semester. I don't know, whatever. Not like I needed it more than the horse. Great. Chinese horse, China. Great. Great times. We're had by all, and it's fine. I don't regret any of it. I don't. I just think what I'm upset about is the hypocrisy, right? Just the whole idea. He was like, I, I. Because one time I came over, and I was really desperate. Uh, like we were, we had just gotten here. We had no home. We were just sleeping on couches. We had barely enough money. It was just enough money to like get an apartment, but I just need a little more. And I asked him for some money, and then he just like gave me half of what I needed, so that I couldn't actually get an apartment. <laughs> and I just had to raise a little bit more money for another month and be homeless for another month. And his reasoning for that was he had to take care of my stepmom, my stepmom at the time. Um, within nine months he would be my stepmom would find out that he had been cheating on her for nine years <laughs> that he blew all their money on her <laughs> and then she kicked him out of the house and divorced him so you know that all happened great so you can see i have a uh a weird relationship with money because it's all tied up with my dad if my dad had been kind of like somewhat cool about look if my dad had been cool about money and whores like we'd have a great relationship okay He's got his, he's all fucking fucked up about it. Can't talk to his own son. He can't talk to his own son about it. It's one of those things that I'm pretty sure that, see, I represent to him a time that was dark and when he was poor, when he was raising me as a child. <laughs> and he was actually largely absent, so I don't know if, I, I you know, I've given up, I don't, I've done so much, listen, I've done so much therapy I've done so much analysis. I've done so many drugs. I've done so much meditation. I've done so much exercising. I've done it all. I've done so much work that I don't really care anymore. It doesn't, I mean, I can, I'd be like, oh, boo-hoo, it's sad. I get it. It's sad, but at the same time, I've, I have to move on. I have to survive. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I don't care. I don't care. God bless him, whatever. He's just a human being. That's the thing. We're all just human beings, and that's, let's just leave it at that. He made mistakes. He was not the best father, but he wasn't the worst father. I mean, it's not like he fucked me or anything. Um, but in some ways I kind of wish he had, you know what I mean? Like that's a, like, cause I think like if he fucked me, if my dad fucked me at least, I would just know where he stands, you know? And uh, <laughs> I feel like this is the second podcast where I've advocated for my dad fucking me in the past, but you know what? It's too late. You gotta let bygones be bygones. I don't want him to fuck me now. That'd be weird. And I, I would probably end up having to fuck him. I don't know. It, I do all 
physically I could probably take him now. But it doesn't matter. None of that is what's important. All I was saying is that like my dad definitely has that kind of inferiority complex of like where you hate the people who remind you of who you were back in the day. Like I remember the first guy I ever apprenticed under. He was like this film editor, but he was bitter, man. And he was just like, let me tell you, you know, you do someone a favor when they're down on their luck or if someone or if you're around, you know, really close to somebody when they're down on their luck and you see them later and they fucking hit it big. The first thing they do when they see you is they're going to ignore you. OK, they want to get rid of you because you remind them of their past. Right. And so I feel like my dad has that insecurity. He has the insecurity of a tiny Asian man who bought a giant Escalade. You know what I mean? He has the, <laughs> he. he so he is definitely insecure in that way where I remind him of the shitty times and he was just like, ah, I just wish he wasn't around. That was like the vibe I got when I came back, which is probably why I ran him off to Texas like Joe Rogan, okay? That's why he's gone. That's why he, he fucking get out of California, dad and Joe Rogan. Get out of the, get out of here. Get out of here, all right? So I feel like, you know, that's part of why I, that's part of my own relationship with money, right? Like my dad just fucking, that's what he cared about more than me and anything else with the truth or, yeah, they were just talking to me. He could have at least talked to me about it instead of just being about it, you know, um, or just included me. I don't know. Help. I don't know. But none of that was, uh, you know, that wasn't part of his priorities. That wasn't part of his value proposition. That wasn't part of his you know, priorities in life, those, that wasn't what he was about. And that's fine. As an adult now, looking back, me, my age, that was like, my dad was my age when I was like eight or nine, when I was having, this is like the worst time of my life. Looking back at that time, I can see that like, oh shit, like, yeah, there's no way I could have done that. If I had a little me running around, I don't know about how good I would be as a dad. Like that's, and that's why I don't, you see, <laughs> that's why, that's why you learn. That maybe that is the best lesson my dad gave me is to not be a dad. Um, perhaps it's for the best. I don't know. I, who do I? I could be 70 and having kids one day. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I just do know that I cared very little about money, but now I do care about it. Not a lot. Not like it's everything, but I'm trying to learn about it. Right. Um, you know, and. Uh, Obviously, a part of it is it has this psychological aspect of it being in that personal concentric circle that I always talk about, right? Like in the family sphere, like it makes sense why I have this. Um, there's psychological reasons why I disdain money, or I've been rejected it my whole life and don't even want to learn about it. And now, why I do want to learn about it? Why, you know, this whole relationship makes sense, right? And I think, you know, clearly, interpersonally, whatever, our entire society is built around money being the end all be all like having lots of money is what is valuable doesn't matter how you got it doesn't matter. i mean you could just become famous for having lots of money you could just be on instagram have lots of money and then being on instagram makes you lots of money so it's like this weird circle of money there's money floating everywhere meanwhile nobody has money very few people have lots of money most people have no money that's why everybody loves money right Money, money, money. Everything's about money. People kill themselves, kill each other themselves. Everybody die, death. Money is more important than life. They say. Say it. I mean, do you? They don't have to say it. They're fucking. We're doing it now. We're murdering. You know, the entire war machine. All of it. All of this shit that I like to talk about is all over money, right? Which in it, in and of itself, is a incredibly depressing, kind of nihilistic thing. I like. I prefer the Nazis. I mean, say what you will 
about the tenets of national socialism, at least it's an ethos. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like money is not a, there's no ethos there. It's just, you just want to make more. You just make more. It doesn't matter what happens. It's kind of, it's kind of lame. I mean, it's boring. And that is exactly how it was treated throughout most of history in antiquity, in Roman times. If you were the richest man in the world, it didn't mean you were the most honorable man. People wouldn't follow you because you were the richest man. Richest man in the world had to hook up with the most honorable man or the strongest man, right? Like Julius Caesar needed uh, fucking Pompey or whatever his name was, the richest man in the, at the time. He had all the armies and shit. He needed him. Yeah, they needed each other. But no one would follow fucking Pompey. But like Pompey tried. People, but they fucking, or Crassus, I don't remember. It's one of those fucking guys. They went they went to war with each other. They ended up, Julius Caesar ended up fighting the dude. Uh, that was backing him because he ended up getting all the juice, right? Back then, they didn't build mausoleums for rich people, okay? They made masks for people who basically murdered for the glory of Rome. <laughs> That's actually what really was most important, right? Honor, glory, you know, glory for Rome, right? And a lot of that had to do with putting down some pesky Gauls or something, you know, putting down some barbarians, you know, enslaving them, taking their gold, bringing it back to Rome, and everybody goes, <sighs> And then you're, that's more, and then you give it to the people. You give it to the people. See, it doesn't matter how rich you are. The fucking people will come and storm your villa and fucking take all your shit, right? You give it to the people and then they love you. And that's what's most of it. You hold games, games for Rome. And that's, that's what they loved, okay? And in a way, we still do. We still have this celebrity worship. We still have this, but money has become entrenched in all of it. Money has become entrenched in everything. It's become entrenched in our politics, our healthcare, war. Right? It defines everything. Everything is profit-driven. That's how you define something good. Is it good? Did it make profit? Yeah. Did that murder make profit? Yeah. Like if, we could, if there was rape for profit, people would do it because the profit is good. It doesn't matter how you get the profit. How you do it right, is what matters. But I don't know. I don't know. I feel like that's what the fundamental, I don't know, um, hmm. You know, people talk about how there's a mental health issue going on in America. People people are not happy. And a lot of people think that's maybe it's because of money. What if you gave them all money? If you gave everybody money, you think that all the problems would disappear? You think they'd be happier? You think they would stop killing themselves or each other? You think that's all it takes? All it takes is flood everybody with money and then everybody will just be like hunky-dory and fine. Have you ever met some unhappy-ass rich people? There's plenty. There's plenty of really unhappy, really hateful, just twisted rich people who have no idea how to have love or make a joke or take themselves you know uh not so seriously like just have fun like any of that stuff they're just not people in that way not people like you know like the people of the the hoi polloi like the populist people like people at the bottom of the pyramid they love to party you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they love to laugh at the party they love to break balls you know like, you know that's ah anyways um, I just feel like the priorities of this country, it's just all profit. So then that's the sickness underlying everything, right? There's that no meaning. There's no meaning. So why not? Why not just fucking shoot up a bunch of people? Why not? It doesn't mean anything. At least you'll get on the news and you get some clicks, some clickbaits, right? I mean, now, of course, cash is becoming um, devalued. Here's the whole thing. Money is so important. Being rich is so important. But at the same time, the money itself is being devalued in this country Money is being devalued everywhere around the world because they have to print more of it. They have to print more of it. They have just bad debt. There's tons of reasons. I mean, I'm not a fucking expert 
on yield curves. I hardly know what that means. It has something to do with interest rates over time. I don't know, but the bonds, it doesn't matter. That's not what matters. What matters is, so you have we have this culture that worships money and says it's the end all be all and we barely look past the quarterly profit reports right everything's about just being green 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 you know no no long-term thinking um you know no cooperative thinking it's it's just all sort of like short-term gains short-term gains make money make money stock market's going higher and higher and higher everything is just like a confidence game you know nobody has jobs but everybody has money free money and they're just pouring it into the markets and there's just money 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 meanwhile the government's like uh-oh People don't have jobs. They're going to start fucking defaulting on all their loans. They're going to start fucking getting kicked out of their homes, not being able to pay mortgages, not being able to pay anything. What do we do? What do we do? Do we just, they have two choices. At this point, they've pushed this fucking lockdown so far that, you know, all these businesses are going to fail. They, six months. You think they could just hold up for six months? You know, not doing it. They're all, they're, tons of them are going to fail. All these people are going to lose their jobs, their money. There's going to be people on the streets. It's going to be, fucking more chaos than now and it's going to be economic chaos it's not going to be like political chaos it's going to be people on the streets demanding justice economic justice and at some point the thing about economic justice is is that it starts to transcend race like poor black people and white people are going to be like fuck why don't we just unite and go after these rich motherfuckers why don't we just do that and if there's a large enough group of them it's going to get even it's going to be much much harder to put them down with the police and the military, I mean, you're going to end up having a real protracted war. You know, everybody's talking about, oh, there's a civil war, civil war coming between right and left, between Democrats. Really? Are you kidding me? It's not going to be. It's going to be between the rich and the poor. Okay? It's going to be between the poor and the cops, which is kind of what's happening now. But it's going to be the poor and the cops, and eventually the, poor, the cops will take the side of the poor. And then the rich are in trouble. Then you bring in the military, right? Then we might have some kind of protracted Afghanistan-like situation where drones are trying to find... Uh, f- what some people may call freedom fighters in our local suburbs, you know, in the suburbs of Americana, sleeper cells of people trying to take down the plutocracy, the oligarchy, right? Trying to give money back to the to the people and the wars, get the money back to the people, you know, get that kind of stuff going on. That's the nightmare of the powers that be, both left, right, all the the rich, the elite. You understand? The last thing they want is for the poor. To figure out, oh shit, there's a bunch of us, and we can just fucking run in those houses. We can just run into all those mansions, those condos, those fucking where all the money is, and we can just fucking just drag them out. Guillotines in the streets. Okay? So, if you don't want that, you're gonna have to just flood money into the streets. Everybody's gonna get just, just get money, everybody. Money, here you go, everybody. Get the money. Yeah, at least they won't be kicked out in the street. At least you can relieve the economic tension. Then you continue ramping up the political and racial divides and whatever divides you can come up with find out all the divides climate change whatever things that wedge issues get them all divided fight each other fight each other fight each other you get flood them with money have them fight each other you can prevent a class war okay this is this is the main priority of the ruling class okay it's not to fix the infrastructure it's not to make sure that the president doesn't say bad words it's not to say that every it's not to to make sure everybody's safe they don't fucking care about that. It's not to save lives. They don't care about fucking lives. The only thing they care about is to make sure that there is no class war. Okay? It's the bottom line. That's what's been going on since the beginning of this country. Before the beginning of the country. Okay? Do I have to talk about Bacon's Rebellion again? Do I have to? Read Howard Zinn, first chapter. 
People's History of the United States, and then just stop. You don't have to read. <laughs> don't read anymore after that. It's all propaganda. No, I'm just kidding. No, don't read it. No, don't. Look, all I'm saying is that since the beginning of this country, there's been a concerted effort by the elite ruling class, the wealthy, the landed aristocracy, okay, to divide the poor amongst themselves. Race, whatever, you know, race, religion, all of it, whatever they could use to divide them. And as long as you keep them divided, They'll fight amongst themselves and won't think about things like demanding more money, demanding our money, demanding better working conditions, better this and that, you know, all these demands, you know, an eight-hour working day, weekend, all that stuff, vacation days, whatever, paternity, maternity, all of that bullshit. They're like, fuck that. That's all. That cuts into the bottom line. So they don't want any of that. Not only that, if they all fucking, can you imagine what a nightmare it would be if the fucking, the rabble rose up and stormed the gates? Like, we don't want that. We don't want that. You saw, you saw what happened, uh, you know, that couple who had the guns in wherever the fuck. It was like Mississippi or something. I don't know. Wherever, Missouri. That's what it's going to be like. Except it's going to be not, not going to be peaceful, right? So that's the nightmare. That's the nightmare that they have, the people with the money. Meanwhile, the money is going to get devalued, right? Money is going to become worthless. The more money you put out there, the more... Um, like inflation, right? Inflate or inflationary things will happen. I don't really understand inflation, but I do understand that if you flood money everywhere, the money becomes worth less, worth less, not worthless. Like Peter Schiff is saying, but worth less. Right. And that's natural. But the good thing about that is that everybody's in debt. So if you inflate money, debt starts becoming worthless too. Like if your dollar isn't worth as much, your debt isn't worth as much either right yay so then so then all the people who hold the debt are like no we can't we gotta stop inflation i <laughs> can't let you don't want inflation you do that the fucking all of our money d- d- the entire country runs on debt everybody's in debt the whole country's in debt if that all that debt starts becoming worthless everybody's gonna start coming in and calling in the debt we don't have the money so you can't do that so again now we have a conundrum of like okay we can't well we can't devalue the money too much because then the debtors will come calling. But if we don't devalue the money, nobody will have money, and then everybody will just be cha- it'll be chaos in the streets. So now what? Um, I don't know. I mean, that's I feel like that's the conundrum people see these all these like macroeconomic people, and, uh, and they see this not just in the United States, but all around the world. The entire world has to debase their currencies in order to figure out what to do about the economics of shutting everything down for six months. I guess not every country, because not every country's shut down, but overall, that's what's happening. Also, there's like this whole central bank thing. It's like, money's crazy, because it's like not money anymore. Uh, it's currency, right? There's a difference between money and currency, right? Money is like stuff that actually has tangible value, like gold and stuff. Like there, there's, there's all these qualities of things that make money money. One of them is that it's got to be scarce and there's got to be a fixed supply. You know what I mean? And it's got to be like really easy to verify, like non, it's got to be like hard to counterfeit and all that stuff. And so in the past, there's all those different types of money that basically brought countries and empires to their knees because they fucked up and they devalued the supply. And that's what happens over and over. Every major empire that goes to war over and over and extends itself starts to print its own money and devalues the currency and then everything goes to shit because the economics eventually something has to catch up you can't just print money and just do stuff and expect it to pay itself off like it's got to come from somewhere and usually where it comes from is the taxpayer but now the taxpayer has no money (laughs) 
<laughs> the taxpayers out of money. And the money you're giving the taxpayers is printed money from the government. What are we just giving that back? See, the whole thing is just not, at this point just a giant Ponzi scheme in the air, right? It's just a fucking, just somebody juggling while on top of a unicycle, on top of a BOSU ball, on top of a, a turtle, right? And they're like, okay, this is, this could, we could keep this up for a little while. So you could see what people are doing. They're there getting rid of their dollars. People are, that's what they're saying. It's like, if you're holding dollars, get rid of them, put it into gold, right? Gold has been a traditional store of value. Gold has been, a, you know, that's where you should put it. Gold. Okay. But what are we talking about? Like fucking chaos in the streets, gunfights, lugging gold around, gold coins. What are we talking about? Silver and gold coins, satchels of coins. Is that what we're dealing with? <laughs> is, that, is that what we have? So then what's next? People are putting their money in stocks, right? Stocks, stocks are worth, that's one of the tricks. That's one of the tricks. They say you devalue the currency, make money worth less so that you don't want to hold dollars because it's going to lose value, but you put it in stocks because stocks can only go up. See, that's where we're at now. So the majority of the country is in this stock hysteria, like buy, 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 buy all the stocks, right? Because they think, oh, it could never go down, right? Because that's never happened before. There's never been a time in our recent history or in our lifetimes when the stock market hit some kind of crazy euphoria and then everything came crashing down. That's never happened before. Seems like, I'm of course kidding, it happened 10 years ago or 12, whatever. It's, it happens. It will happen again. It's probably going to happen. Right now, I think, um, I guess the Fed or whatever is just pumping money into the markets. Some people are saying that's what they're speculating on, that the market's being propped up by uh, traders uh, who have no jobs now, who have all the stimulus money, who are putting their money in it through Robinhood, whatever. Whatever. It doesn't matter. It's all, right, the market, that market is just a fucking confidence game. You know, at some point, as soon as one big whale decides to pull his money out, that fucking all the little fishies are going to come falling down. You know what I'm saying? Um, so then what? Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the final store of value, some people say, uh, as long as I guess there's no solar flare, nothing knocks out our electronics. Oh, I'm running out of battery, so I got to wrap up. Fuck. Okay. Well, Bitcoin. I, I crypto. I guess I could get into this some other time. I basically ended up just talking about my dad again and politics instead of money. But uh, who cares? I don't really care about money, but I do. Anyways, cryptocurrency is interesting because it's like a digital currency, right? So you're, it's the merging of money and computers, which to me sounds like the confluence of Jews and Asians, huh? The perfect confluence of uh, international banking cabal and people who are really good at computers. Um, well, anyways, I should wrap it up. I'm going to wrap it up here. Thank you very much for listening to the Rojan Kim cast. I appreciate you, your earballs. I appreciate you, your time. Um, please follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Follow me on all the podcast platforms. Subscribe on YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. Um, until next time. Goodbye.